If you remember two weeks ago, I started, we have been in the uh, Fruits of the Spirit for some time now. And two weeks ago, uh, I, uh, uh, we started talking about faithfulness. And Elizabeth and I spoke together um, kind of about the his needs, her needs, what the main needs of the man, the main needs of the, the woman. But let me just pray over you as we start this again. Father, I just ask you, Lord, to bless us, and as we step back into the fruits of the Spirit and talk about faithfulness, Lord, we're not talking in a generic way, but in regard to our spouse, in regard to our relationships, Lord, faithfulness in marriage. I just ask you, Lord, to encourage every person here today, for everyone in this building under the sound of my voice knows what it's like to be tempted, especially in the areas of uh, sexual matters. And Holy Spirit, just ask you to come alongside us, and I pray, Father, that anyone that may be entertaining an affair, anyone who is in one, Lord, anyone, any of our single people, Father, that may be caught in this trap, Lord, I pray for encouragement today and to turn around and make a difference, Lord, as far as our spiritual character is concerned and our commitment to you. Lord, I just pray for your word to come alive in us today. In Jesus' name, amen. This is a just completely off topic. Um, But I had uh, Miss Cora Fleming, and, you know, the Lord's working through Miss Cora. At least she is in my life, and she came up, and if you know, we've prayed for her to be healed in her eyes, and she's been healed. But she came up, and uh, her daughter said that she had to fight off a snake this week. And, you know, found a snake and was praying, Lord, what do I do? And she just, she went and took care of it. And I love that. Now, I once had a, a, a play snake. I once had a rubber snake when I was probably about 10 years old, and I had it out in our yard. And my grandmother came over for some reason, got out a hoe, and chopped its head off. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. It just broke my heart. That was my snake. <clears throat> But there's something spiritual, and please don't be offended by this, Miss Fleming, about the old school that you do not mess with what, you don't allow things to come onto your property, you take care of it. Snake comes on your property, you deal with it. She said, I didn't know what to do, I didn't want it coming in the house, so I had to deal with it. And you know what, with faithfulness right here, we've got things wanting to come into our home, and we don't deal with it. And it takes men and women of God to stand up and deal with the things that are coming after us. And the church is failing at that. The divorce rate is just as high, if not higher, in Christians than non-Christians. Now, I'm telling you, we will not deal with our problems. We want to blame somebody for our problems. We want to blame the government, blame the president, blame the economy. No. Point the finger at you. God's financial kingdom is not hurting. His ability to bless you has not been cut off. He does not, his arm is not too short to save. Marriage is, church, let me give you a word today. Marriages can succeed. You can have a great marriage. But a marriage is not lucked into. It's built. And it's cared for. 
And church, I can preach till I'm blue in the face. And I have. But until we apply the Word of God to our lives, change is not going to happen in your life. You have to apply. Now, I'm going to be talking today. We're going to wrap, be wrapping this up on faithfulness today. And if you've got your notes, if you notice, the front page is filled out. This is what we dealt with last week. But single people, young people, don't check out on me. This is for you too. Faithfulness. I guess what I'm asking, you know, Miss Tammy can lead us in worship, but if our heart doesn't, if we don't truly turn and really worship, you're just playing a game. And it doesn't matter what song we sing. I don't care if it's an old school hymn. I don't care if it's a current song. I don't care if it's a fast song. I don't care if it's a loud song. I don't care if it's a slow song. It's about your heart. Where's your heart? Where's your heart in your marriage? Where's your heart in your walk with God? Where's your heart in your church? Where's your heart in your job? Where's your heart? God's not looking for sacrifice. He's not looking for offerings. He's looking for a heart. You know, husbands, what your wife is looking for? A heart. Wives, you know what your husbands are looking for? A heart. Justin this morning was talking to our greeters about the number one need in people's life is love, acceptance, love. Church, we've got to make a decision, and I want to encourage you today. Decide to walk God's way. All right, that's enough of me stepping on your toes. I'm just going to review real quickly. If you all got your notes, I'm just going to go over the first two. Right, the first three, uh, How far did I get last time? I don't know. The first three. Number one, how to remain faithful. How to remain faithful. Number one, this is from two weeks ago. Make a commitment to God's standard. You remember, tell your friends, tell your spouse what your standard is. There's a standard that God's Word gives us concerning marriage, and if we will make that commitment to His standard, it will truly be life-changing. Number two, magnify the consequences of the affair. I encourage you, go to icoth.com and download this sermon if you didn't hear it two weeks ago to catch you up. Because let me tell you something about an affair. There are consequences. There are consequences. Now, I want to tell you again, as I told you a couple weeks ago, God will forgive you. Whatever sin you've committed, God will forgive you. God is a forgiving God. All the nasty stuff that I've done in my life, when I come to him and repent, he forgives. Every time. Without question. Without wavering. He forgives. But you know what? You still got to pay the piper. You've still got consequences in your life. You've got to walk through with your spouse, with your relationships, with what you've done. And go look at what God's Word says about the consequences of adultery. It says a man will lose everything he has. There are consequences. And if you would magnify the consequences, if the consequences would sit in front of you, maybe you might make a different decision. 
It's talking about my kids. I've got kids that, that respond to rewards. I've got kids that respond to consequences. Some of them don't care what the consequences are. They just care what the reward is. Some kids don't care what the reward is. They just care what the consequences are. You know what? I don't care which one works as long as it works. God gives you the rewards. God gives you the consequences. Why? Because we've got a lot of weird, different people out here. I sometimes respond to the reward. I sometimes respond to the consequence. Really, I kind of find myself in the middle. I want the reward and I don't want the consequence. So I've got an option. Choose today whom you will serve. What decisions are you going to make? It says choose life or death, blessings or curses. It's your choice. Can I tell you why you're where you are? Because of what you've done. Somebody say amen to that. It's not the government's fault. It's not my spouse's fault. It's not my parents' fault. It's not my kids' fault. It's my fault. It's a good word for somebody. If you wake up, quit blaming people. Get yourself out of where you are. All right. Consequences. Maintain your marriage. Just like your car needs your oil changed, your marriage needs maintaining need to maintain your marriage. Every now and then, check your oil level. Check your washer fluid. Check your antifreeze. Have you got wore out wiper blades? How's your tires? Y'all get to that. How's your attitude? Where's your heart? How's your character? Let me ask you this. What does your wife think about you? <laughs> That's a good way. It's hard. Man, I don't want to ask this. I'm going to ask this. How am I doing? Oh, I don't want to ask that again. I want to ask that one again. Maintaining your marriage. If you're going to maintain your marriage, you know how you can do it? You can do it through friendship. Through friendship. How many of you know it's easy to say I do? It's hard to continue. It's easy to get into a marriage. It's hard to build a marriage. It's hard to stay married. But one way to, to, to keep your marriage strong is to do it through friendship. And let me tell you, Elizabeth is my best friend. There is nobody I'd rather spend my time with. Nobody. She's the one that I want to be with. And something I've learned through, through experiences of other marriages, through my own marriage, is that it's harder to leave a marriage when you're leaving your best friend. It's not easy to leave your best friend. Have your best friendship right in the middle of your marriage. And if your spouse is not your best friend, I can tell you right now, God's going to need to help you. And you're going to need to help yourself a lot. Build a friendship. Build a relationship. Number four, this is new today. Manage your mind. Manage your mind. Number four. If you want to be faithful to your spouse, manage your mind. And here's the reason why. Affairs develop through the mind. Now, I want you to know, I've never, I've never had this happen to me as I've been preaching. I was, I was preaching this message, and last two weeks ago, I had so many people come out to me and say, Pastor, I know this is a hard message, but we need to hear it. Church won't hardly preach on this any longer, but we need to hear it. Let me tell you, the moment that we stop wanting to hear truth, we are in trouble. 
stop wanting to hear truth about our kids, what they're going through at school. We stop wanting to hear about church. We stop wanting to hear about anything that's going to get us out of where we are, out of our finances, out of our taxes, whatever. We need to hear truth. Let me tell you something you need to hear. You're spending more than you're making. That's a revelation. You having trouble with your finances? Quit fussing at the government. Quit fussing at God and find out are you spending more than you're making? Get faithful over your money and then God will bless it. God's word says if you're faithful over little, he'll give you much. Why do you think our marriages are failing? It's because we're not faithful. Manage your mind. If you look in your notes, let's look at how affairs develop. Number one, we accept sinful thoughts in our mind. When we let down our guard and accept sinful thoughts in the mind, pretty soon it will begin to progress into something much deeper. Look what it says in James chapter 1 verse 14. Now, I'm telling you, this is a biggie. Do not let this slip by you here. Temptation is the pull of a person's own evil thoughts and wishes. These evil thoughts lead to actions and afterwards to death. Where does it start? It starts in our mind. Do you see the pattern? Evil thoughts lead to actions and then to death. I believe that even in a physical sense, sometimes our sin will lead us to physical death. But it'll also, sin within a relationship will lead to a death in that relationship. There's an incredible uh, bombardment of this in our culture. And you know what? Look what it says here to single people. Paul told Timothy something that I I want you to take note here. The same same book, chapter 2, verse 22. It says, turn your back on lustful desires and give your positive attention to goodness, integrity, love, and peace. Turn your back. You've got to make an action. You've got to move. You've got to do something. You know it says to submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee, right? So we submit to God. We get in his word. We start obeying. You know what submit means? It means to come under. And, and what I would say is it means to obey. Obey God's word. Resist the devil. That means when he comes on you, you've got to resist. You ever had a child, a young child, when you're about to have to discipline them and they resist? They're resisting. We're to resist Satan. And I don't mean some wishy-washy thing. I mean go chop that... Snake's head off. We can, we can pray over that snake all day long. But you know what God says? I've given you dominion over that. Kill the thing. You know what? Over our issues in our marriage, God's given you dominion over it. Get rid of it. Turn your back on it and place your strength, place your energy toward good things. Turn your back on lustful desires. Let me tell you, all I can do is speak from a man, but let me tell you, men, it's hard. I know it's hard, and it's everywhere you look. It's everywhere you turn, and if you do not guard your eyes, you will let seeds get put into your heart that you can't hardly get rid of. 
And we've got too many ways to be able to do it in the dark. Let me tell you, there is no dark to God. And the consequences of the word of God will come and they will find you. You think you're getting away with it. Let me tell you, in God, you will not. Yeehaw. It does, uh, this is all just free. You know, this is this being so, uh, so uh, challenging. This is not in my notes. This is all just, I'm just trying to be a blessing to y'all today. <laughs> Bless it. Oh, that's an that's a inside joke, those of y'all that don't know. I hung out with a pastor in Uganda, and that's all he said was, bless it. And I'm telling you, I... turn your back. You know what he's saying is, you've got to be the policeman over your own thoughts. You know what God's Word says? Take your thoughts captive. You know what that tells you? That you have the ability to control your thoughts by the power of the Holy Spirit. By the power of the Holy Spirit, without that, you cannot do it. Young people, older people, there's some movies you shouldn't watch. There's some books you shouldn't read. There are books with no pictures that is pornography. Bestseller right now, I don't have to mention what it is. Pornography. It will mess you up. We have, we have grown numb to it. Get active in ministry. Get active in your church. Get active in your community to do good. We spent all day yesterday uh, at the Fall Fun Fest just playing a PBS game with children and families. And I didn't even know the, the super why. Now, I've, I've been removed from PBS. I haven't watched it unless there's James Taylor on there, some musician I like to watch. But um, every kid knew what super why was and came through. And you know what? We just loved on them and played a PBS game with them. We took our energy and gave it back into our community. Now, we also invited people to church, but that was not our main intention. Our intention was to support PBS, to support our community, and to be out there to love on people. We're just there to love on people. We're taking that energy, instead of doing maybe something we shouldn't have been doing, and using that energy, turning our back on lustful desires and doing good. Let me tell you, we had a bunch of volunteers out there yesterday. God bless you. It was a great day. We got rained on, got cold. It was nasty. And then the sun came out. And uh, let me tell you, God was moving. We, uh, Caleb and Andrea, their dance group, got out, out and did this uh, uh, dramatic dance. I'm probably going to ruin this, so just forgive me as I say this. But had a, had a person that was, their life was falling apart got moved, and somebody from our church was able to minister to them because of what y'all did out there on our streets. On our streets, ministering to people indirectly. It does not have, you don't have to have a Bible and beat people over the head in order for them to see Jesus. They see Jesus through you. Okay, let me get back on track here. How affairs develop. Number two, 
emotional involvement, not physical involvement, and emotional. And I think this is true with, more so with Christians. What I'm saying here is there becomes a heavy emotional involvement where you like being together. You want to be together all the time. I think non-Christians just cut through all the stuff and go straight to bed. But Christians, knowing it's wrong, they hang in this area way too long. And once emotional involvement, once an emotional connection comes, you're not far from physical connection. Eventually, it will lead you there. Then, number four, you begin to rationalize the affair. How many of you know you can rationalize your sin? Satan is extremely smart. And he can talk you into making what you're doing right. What do you say? You know what Jeremiah says? It says, the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. We say things like, well, if my husband would just talk to me or if my husband would be more like this. I'd be okay. Or maybe you're, you're in this uh, wrong relationship and you just say, well, we're in love. After all, what are we going to do? I have these feelings. That's, that's four steps about how a, uh, an affair de- develops. Now let's go right back into um, the five helps to remain faithful. Number five, minimize the opportunity. If you want to stay faithful to your spouse, minimize the opportunity. Elizabeth has a background, has an education in child development. And one thing I've noticed that when we had young, young kids, the kids would be in the floor, our first child would be in the floor playing with something, and all of a sudden they're attracted to the attracted to maybe something they shouldn't play with. Maybe it's a, I don't know, a plant that they could eat on and literally it could kill them or injure them. And, you know, as a dad, you know, I come up and I, and Rita Marie, I'm sorry, this didn't happen directly. Where are you? There you are. But just to use you as an example, so forgive me. Say, Rita Marie, don't touch that. What happens to her? All of a sudden, she's got all these toys all over the floor, but I say no to this. What happens to all of us? Now all we can do is just focus on that. (laughs) You can't help it. We have a sin nature. Everything in us now wants that. Even though we've got the greatest things down here ever, all I can do is focus on that plant. You know, I'm not used to it. I'm two years old. I'm one year old. My mom just, my dad just said no. My dad doesn't say no. No, that can't be right. Let me try it again. Rita Marie, no. 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 Let me tell you, Rita Marie is the most obedient child. She's great, but look at that. And I would get frustrated. And Elizabeth finally said, remove the plant. Just remove it. Get it out. You don't have to sit there and spank her. You don't have to sit there and yell at her and and beat her down all day long. Just remove it. And what happened? It got removed and back to toys. She wasn't trying to be bad. Minimize the opportunity. Men. Huh? 
Out of sight, out of mind. Men, if you're battling with something about maybe going down the wrong road, remove it. Get it out of the way. Let me show you a pattern downward when it comes to this right here. How do I have it listed? The pattern downward. Number one, first thing happens is you become familiar. You become familiar with someone. You start to recognize maybe you've got things in common. Maybe you realize this person will listen to you and you need somebody to listen to you. Then the second thing that comes is feelings. You know what happens? You start giving them your heart. Next thing comes is frequency. You start longing to be together. That's all you can think about. You know, and when I had an appropriate relationship when I was dating my wife, I went through these things. We got familiar with each other. We started to have feelings. The next thing you know, I'm at her house every single night. Why? It's because it's where my heart was. And then finally, it will lead to failure. You start putting yourself in that position over and over and over. And let me tell you, you're not strong enough. You need to be removed. It says with temptation, turn your back on it. Get out of it. All right, let me, let me try to qu- quickly wrap things up. Look what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Be careful if you're thinking, oh, that would never, I would never behave like that. Let this be a warning to you, for you too may fall into sin. In other words, none of us can look around and say, that would never happen to me. In fact, uh, one of the main speakers from Promise Keepers, his name is Howard Hendricks, a theological professor and speaker for Promise Keepers, talked to pastors who had messed up sexually in their life, and he found, he found that one of the three things they all had in common was saying, that would never happen to me. Let me tell you, that's an arrogant statement. We must begin to build ways to protect ourselves. And in your notes, I've given you some practical things. How do you protect yourself from an affair? Number one, seldom travel alone. I am very seldom away from my wife uh, overnight. It's rare. Isn't that right? Very rare. Um, Number two, Call your spouse every night. What is so important that you can't pick up the phone? If you've ever been in a meeting with me, the only person I will answer when I'm in, a, in a, an extremely uh, tense or important meeting is her call. I'm sorry, regardless of what I'm going through, besides God, she comes first. God comes first, but she's, she's right there second, and I don't care what we're dealing with. She'll get my call, and sometimes I just can't answer. I call her right back, but I try very hard, and sometimes it puts me out, and she knows it. I don't sound very happy, but I still answer. You ever done that? Don't answer that. Avoid being alone with someone from the opposite sex. Now, I've had a lot of people 
question me on this one. Because if you come in and meet with me, my secretary or my wife will come in with us. Or the door will be wide open and Michelle will be right outside the door. And I'm sorry. I, I just, I know better. There are people who have gone before me. There are people that lived their life. There are people that spoken into my life and said, do not put yourself in that position. And I've had people get offended that I do that. Don't get offended at me. That's what's wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. And I, Justin will tell you, my staff, I will tell them, do not do that. If you can't meet with them right then, then put it off and do it some other time when someone can be there. It's for their protection. It's for your protection. It's to make sure that there is nothing that can be said over that meeting. Men, don't do it. Women, don't do it. Amen. We're having fun, right? Not in the car, not in a restaurant, not in your office. Not, I, I, well, I was going to do a uh, um, Dr. Seuss, but I can't remember it. <laughs> Green eggs and ham, anyway. Talk, hey, look, look, this is a big one. Talk positively about your spouse. Hopefully, you will never hear me say something negative about my wife. Never. And I think anybody around me knows I will defend her to the death. Does she ever make mistakes? Sure she does. But I can tell you I make two or three to her one. But you know what happens when you start talking negatively about your spouse? It opens a door. Don't you talk negatively about them? They're the best thing ever happened to you. God gave them to you. And let me tell you something. I married way up. I, I don't even want to go into that one because it's so pitiful how up I married. Man, she is, she is the most awesome thing. We've been married 20 years, and I'm looking forward to the next 40. We're going to do it, baby. We got married young, so we're going to have all these, <laughs> all these anniversaries. All these kids and grandkids, I just want grandkids around me. When I, when I go to be with the Lord, I hope I'm full of a family all around me. They can say, he loved his, his wife. I want to be like that. I, my grandfather, I did my grandfather, my mom's uh, father's funeral. And I thought, that's who I want to be. I want a church full of people that know that I love the Lord and church full of people that know I loved my wife. And you know, it's one thing we can say about my pa is he loved his wife. Five, be accountable to others. Six, young people, older people, choose your friends carefully. Do you know that bad company corrupts good character? Be careful who your friends are. Let me tell you, I would not have gone down a lot of the roads I went down if it wasn't for my friends. Now, it wasn't my friend's fault. It was my fault. It wasn't my friend's fault. It was my fault. They will mess you up. And this is kind of like what we've already seen. Look beyond the temptations 
to the consequences. Now, as I close, man, I thought I was going to have such a short sermon. I've gotten good at getting being long. But if you're, in a, if you're in a situation right now, I want to give you three steps. This will take two minutes, three minutes. How to get out. There's a way out. How do you get it? How, what is the pathway back to purity? Now, hang in there with me, church. Acknowledge the sin. Wake up. Psalm 51, I think that this will uh, uh, relate directly to you. Um, David had just been caught in an adulterous relationship with Bathsheba, and he took it so far that he murdered Bathsheba's husband. And look what he wrote in Psalm 51. Now let me tell you, this is a step out of your hole. Ding, 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 pay attention. This is a way out. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions. What's he saying? I've sinned. I'm not playing a game. I'm messed up, and I need you to help me. Have mercy on me. Can I tell you something? If you're in the middle of an affair, God is a merciful God. God is a God of mercy and grace. Blot out my transgressions, wash away all my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you only you have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So that you are proved right when you speak and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Surely you desire truth in the inner parts. Inner parts, You teach me wisdom in the inmost place. Cleanse me with hyssop, I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Don't cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore me to the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Now, I want you to know there were consequences to David's sin, but God restored him. God restored his family. God restored his nation. David David was a blessed man. Number two, number one, acknowledge the sin. Number two, end the relationship. Don't say, I'll end it in a year. Who does that? End it now. You young people that might be in a bad relationship, end it now. You adults that are starting to give your heart away, take it back. Take it back. End it now. And number three, Avoid all contact with that person. You know, I know some of, some, some, some of us here are thinking, it's not going on. We're the church. We love the Lord. I know, I know it's going on in here. The numbers don't lie. 
the numbers of men in pornography don't lie. The numbers of youth in pornography don't lie. Now, I'm isolating the men. The women, you're right in there with it. Father, in Jesus' name, show me how to lead me in all truth. Show me how to speak. Holy Spirit, you speak right now. Father, have mercy on us. And Lord, I cry out for this church body to know that you're a God of mercy and grace. But Lord, I just ask you for us to have enough courage to to say no to sin. Father, I pray for a restoration in our marriages, in our families. And that even though we may have been making mistakes all the way up until right now, Lord, we have the ability to stop and to turn. Lord, help us. If that's where you are right now, just with your head bowed, I just encourage you just to start praying to the Lord for forgiveness. And acknowledge your sin. And give it to Him. And I want you to make a commitment right now to turn from it and to run away from it. Get out of it. You may say, Pastor, I'm in love. It's not love. It's sin. And it's going to rip away everything you've got. Stop now. Father, I pray that the church would begin, you would begin to purify the church. Create in us a pure heart. Create in these youth a pure heart, a clean heart. Create in the men and the women of this church a clean heart. Wash us with hyssop. Clean us with hyssop and wash us with your word. In the name of Jesus, let the church arise. Lord, forgive us for our thoughts and for the things that we've let into our minds. And I just ask you to cleanse it right now, Lord. Just purge our minds of these images that we've allowed to sneak in. I feel like the Lord is calling us to uh, purity this morning. And I feel like if you're somebody who's sitting there and just, you know, I just, I just can't do it. I just, I just don't know how to do it. And I, and I want to say I feel like the Lord is saying this morning, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by the Lord's Spirit. It's by His Spirit, says the Lord. So it's not by might, it's not by power, it's by my Spirit, says the Lord. And so I just encourage you, if he's, He is calling you to purity this morning. He's calling you. And I believe you hear that call. And where he's called you, he's equipping you. He's equipped you. You can walk this out. You can walk it out. By his spirit, you can walk it out.